Thank you so much to everyone for checking out our episode on Tuesday with Chisanga Malata. I mean, what a time we're living in here. And from Tom Aspinall's heavyweight title capture, albeit interim, we now move on to Paul Craig main eventing in Las Vegas against Brendan Allen. What a swell in the, t- the rising tide that is UK MMA right now. I mean, Craig, Craig, I, I should have brought this up really on the Tuesday episode. I've I've said this for many years. The most rewarding thing about covering this sport is beginning to cover someone on the regional scene before they get to the UFC and then seeing them have this massive success once they get there. And that was really my introduction to covering this sport because I was covering the likes of McGregor, Houlihan, Pendred, Siri, Fields, Daly, Roddy, all these now iconic Irish names when they were fighting in GAA halls. And we went all the way to, you know, Madison Square Garden, T-Mobile, MGM Grand, Boston's TD Garden. And now the same is happening with these UK guys. And it's not just Paul Craig and Tom Aspinall, but obviously those guys are doing tremendously well right now. They're on top of the world. And there's nothing more rewarding for me than seeing them get to these moments. And as I've said, two really great guys, Tom and Paul Craig. This is this feels like a really big one for Paul as well this weekend. And he looks a new man at middleweight. You know, I talked to so many people before the Munez fight, his first fight at middleweight in the UFC. And Munez is this surge and destroyer, you know? Like he's a uh, savage on the ground, packs a big wallop. And Craig just was so patient, composed, and then just flipped the kill switch as soon as he needed to, really. It was so impressive. And you can see there's a big difference in him now. He is like, especially in this interview that you're about to hear today, he is switched on. Like, you know, you know, when the horses get the blinkers on him, that's the way he was today. Don't get me wrong. Still a great lad. um, Very personal, very charismatic. But that's what I see in him. And look, I think this is lost on US audiences. Going across from Scotland to the US to Vegas, like two polar opposites in terms of climate is a big deal and as he said he's been out there for since November 1st with Bungie and I think Ross Cooper's there you see the problem is the leathered podcast hasn't been on for the last two weeks and that's really upsetting me and my Monday walks with Reggie because I'm always walking around the green here in Blanche pissing myself laughing listening to the lads so I've missed it the last two weeks so I certainly asked him about this one another thing I wanted to ask him is like what what is it like to know you've been on the same mats as Tom Aspinall and then watch him become the heavyweight champion. Albeit interim. I keep on having to say that. But I mean, this is like this guy's with with Tom and Andy training. I think more so when he was light heavyweight, but certainly like very good friends with these guys. Very, very much respects these dudes. And it always like like look what look what happened when Connor became champion in Ireland. It gives oh, this belief to everyone that's around him. And it transforms people. Now, I think Paul was already there in terms of his mentality. But it does give you that extra pep in your step, I'm sure, when you see something like that. And look, the last time Paul was on the show, we were talking about Scotland. We were, I was talking about Ireland. I, I'd put that on the back burner now. I, I'll put that back on the back burner now just for this UK stadium show I talked about, which is got on Tuesday. The one that Dana White said he'd be into. The one that Tom Aspinall said he'd be into. Like, 
Paul Craig, Tom Aspinall and Leon Edwards understand more so than most people that, you know, you don't get treated like a Premier League footballer when you're an MMA fighter. You don't. You, the, the, red, the red carpet isn't rolled out all that often. But if you start putting these boys in stadiums and you compel the nation's media and the continent's media to pay attention to it, that's when things can change. And I know there's a lot. Look, I understand. Um, Ariel always talks about it when you're a fan of the band on the first album and then they get really big. And you're like, oh, I liked them back then and blah, blah, blah. And I can understand there's a bit of that in the MMA community. But those same people are the ones that are saying, like, we need these fighters to be treated better. If a bigger spotlight and a bigger magnifying glass is being put on the sport, they are far more likely to get those kind of standards put in place. That's how I feel. Now, I've been blabbering once again. Can I just say, I'm, you know, same way as I was kind of getting behind Team BFG and their run with DeFreeze, Parkin and Aspinall. I am 100% behind the Leather Boys trio of fights that are coming up. You have Paul Craig against Brendan Allen, obviously this weekend in Vegas. And then the following weekend, you've got, you've got Bungie, Chris Bungard, the bad guy, the legend himself, against Perry Goodwin at Cage Warriors 164 in Newcastle. I think there's only like a handful of tickets left for that, which is an exceptional result for Cage Warriors and shows that the pulling power that these guys have on the regional scene. Incredible. Can't wait for that fight. It's absolute banger in Newcastle. And then Ross Cooper has a fight coming up according to Paul Craig. So they're all go. I am going to follow this very closely. And you know what? I don't understand why a bit like like a, a big regional promotion at least comes in for Ross Cooper. You're going to get free pub- publication every time the lads do a podcast. They're going to ramp up your event. And it makes you so invested. Like I've been listening to these guys since episode one, and I can't wait to see all of them fight. I am hugely invested in their careers. They're they're a great bunch of lads. But anyway, I'm going to speak about the Leon Edwards and Ian Gary, the latest on that towards the back end of the show. So let's get Paul in first. I've been dying to speak to him. So glad he could do it. And then um, at the back end, I'll talk about Leon and Ian. Thank you so much. Love his loads. Enjoy the interview. He's back. He's one of our favorites. It's Paul Craig, and he is making history this weekend when he fights Brendan Allen in the main event of a Vegas card. Uh, the first Scott to do this it is a massive buzz time for UK MMA. And uh, Paul, first of all, how are you feeling? And thank you so much for joining us again. Feeling good. Uh, adjusted very quickly to Vegas life. I came out here the 1st of November just to get acclimated. You know, uh, being from the UK, it's predominantly wet, windy, cold at the moment. So coming out here and having that nice heat, it's been great. Uh, I need my routine very quickly. I've been getting out a nice morning walk, doing some breath work. It's a, it's a nice lifestyle in Vegas. Um, and I'm so far away from the strip, I don't have to deal with any of the, the nonsense of the F1. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I've heard a lot of Vegas locals complaining about this. Before we I, get into the fight, I need to ask you a question. You know that every Monday I go on a walk with my dog and there's only one thing that I have on in my headphones. Tell me what in the name of God is happening with the Leather Podcast. I mean, I felt like these are the episodes I want to hear. These are the ones I want to hear, and I can't get it. Tell me what's going on. I know the Leather Podcast is in a bit of hiatus at the moment because we're all travelling. Myself, Chris, and Ross are here. We've been putting in the work. Uh, Chris is obviously a week away from his Cage Warriors fight in Newcastle, and then we've got Ross fighting the week after that on a local show in Scotland. So the guys are putting in the work. 
Um, I did have ambitions there, like, oh, we'll be able to find time to sit and do the podcast. But we just don't have the logistics. We just don't have a good setup. We just don't have the... I know we could use our phones, but sound isn't great. So we're like, we would rather not do it and put out a really naff quality podcast. So we've taken a bit of time. Um, but we've got some stories. We went to the uh, U2. Went oh, to wow. the U2 Xperia the other, the other night. And uh, what a night that was. Um, I it felt it felt like the world it felt like we were getting crushed and all this kind of stuff, um, but no, it was a really really cool experience. Um, and then just all the other wee stories, eh, like what's happening in the PI, um, who we're meeting. It's like Vegas is one of these places. If you're a fighter, this is a mecca, and getting to go on every day to the PI, use the facilities. You've got a niggle on your shoulder, then the PI is going to look after you. You want to eat healthy, then they'll get the nutritionist there. They've got everything, like. It's one of these questions I ask myself, why don't I stay in Vegas? Um, because it's it's all there for you. You've got some of the best gyms and you've got some of the, the best uh, nutritionists, personal trainers and the PI for mixed martial arts. So it's a question I ask myself and then I, the reason I don't is because I love Scotland. Um, even though the weather's not the best, I do I do enjoy the people in Scotland. Um and it's no fear in your family just kind of uproot them and move them to Vegas uh, to restart their whole life for you. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, I feel like this fight has taken on a deeper significance ever since Tom's win. And before I get into that, just yep. first of all, how does that feel? Like this is a guy you're on the mats with all the time. Like you guys are in the same training room. And you're you're this new confident version of Paul Craig, as I said to you the last time. I've never seen you have this kind of self-belief. Surely that only intensifies when you see a guy that you share the mats with getting a gold belt wrapped around his waist. Yeah, I'm I'm super happy for Tom, his dad, his whole team. Like it means so much to UK MMA. Like Tom's been the guy for years and he's always been touted. And even yourself, you were touting him for a long time as the, the, the next heavyweight champ. The guy's got all the skills, but it does put a spark in all the UK guys who are representing them. And um, it, it shows that our levels, like we have got the level to, to get belts. We had Michael Bisping, we had Leon Edwards, and now we've got the the heavyweight and Tom Aspinall. I would love to be in the list of title holders for the UK. And as you're saying, I'm, I've got this added bit of confidence with this middleweight move. We spoke about this before with regards to like this was probably my weight class, and I just never realized it until I'm 35. I'll be 36 at the end of this month, and I'm in a good place. Um, and I think it's worked out well for me. Maybe if I was in my mid 20s, early 30s, it'd be a different situation if I was a middleweight, but now I'm older and I'm wiser and I'm able to make the weight, I'm able to do it in a very controlled manner. Everything happens for a reason. Um, and Brendan Allen's standing in a way and me getting close to that title. So I say this all the time, but if you can't beat the guys that aren't in the top 10, then you can't beat a title contender. It comes down to that. And Brendan Allen's skill set is very good. He's a good wrestler, good jiu-jitsu, won quite a lot of matches with real naked choke. Striking's good as well. 
I just believe it's my time. I believe that I've worked hard this camp. I've worked hard the last camp. Body weight, body conditioning, body shape, mind, everything that goes into being an MMA fighter out with the skill set is on point. The skill set's there. The striking, like, it was one of these things where I'm, I got, when I was out walking this morning and I was thinking, it's like, my striking's good. My striking's improving. I'm thinking about all these wee visualisation moments where I'm, what 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 strikes I'm putting out to set up the takedowns, what what kicks I'm flinging, um, how I'm moving, footwork. And as James Doolan, my coach, says, he says, uh, soft knees, good eyes, and you see everything coming. You're able to move and get out of the, the range, and you're able to see it coming. And if you can do that, then you can win the battle. And that's where I think this battle's going to be won. It's going to be won on the stand-up, and it's going to be the victory is going to be cemented on the ground. I can't wait for the fight. It's a fantastic matchup. <laughs> I feel like there is a new swell of support in UK MMA as well over the last few years. And you are yep. a very much a part of that. I feel like these London cards, when you're on them, they have a different energy. Um, Thank you. And, and, and look, when I think about the UK scene at the moment, I think you have guys, including yourself, at the forefront of the sport who can change how people feel about this sport, who can, you know, show people a more uh, relatable athlete in terms of what MMA brings to the table. I'm talking about yeah. stadium shows. I know we we're talking about Scotland the last time we came here, and I'd love to see that too. But I think if you really, really want to make this count among mainstream sport in the UK, you do the biggest stadium you can find, and you put guys like you, guys like Aspinall, and guys like Leon, Arnold, Molly, you put them under the massive spotlight with the with the with the whole region's media, mainstream media focused on them, and you show people. These are real people. These are very interesting people. They're not savages we lock in a cage and make fight each other. Do, do you feel like this is the time to do this? If you're going to do this, it's time to do the stadium now. Yep, it's definitely a turning point for UK MMA. As you're saying, we have been relatively slow coming in the mark. There's been guys like yourself who have been grinding to try and push this sport. Because without you guys, then nobody knows who we are. They don't see the personality. And as you say, it's about... Two guys getting locked in a cage, and it, and and if you're like just a fan, a fair weather fan, you don't really understand the nuances of what's happening in MMA or how technical it is, or how much effort goes into these moves and all this kind of stuff. But it's the personal side you need to find. The reason people like guys like Tyson Fury is the fact that you see his personal side. The reason Dylan Dennis got so big recently was because you've seen a personal side to him. People buy into people. And that's what you need to do with MMA. So as you're saying, having this stadium show, like we're right at the front of this wave with guys like Tom Aspinall, Leon Edwards. Like that card sells itself. That's a proper, that card could be 300. UFC 300 in, like let's say, somewhere like Cardiff or um, who else has got a covered up stadium? we got Spurs, Spurs, and then in Manchester next year, they're opening the co-op live, which is very close to where Tom live. Obviously, it's up north. Good for Scottish fans yeah. as well. I mean, I think that makes perfect sense. Like, that's a roof yeah. arena too. I know, and then you've got, like, you could easily make, like, I know obviously 300s, they're looking at, it'll be Vegas and it'll be a big one, they're all singing, all dancing. But you could easily do a numbered main event in Scotland, eh, oh, sorry, in the UK, and have it with reams of talent from the UK. Tom, myself, Leon Edwards, Molly McCann, Paddy. Like, these guys all sell out yes. so why not why not try and double down in your client base in the UK and get the sport of MMA to what it is 
in UK as it is in America. Because Americans love this. Like, this is huge. Like, we went and watched Tom in a pub. Uh, like, it was, it was a local one who was putting on the UFC and the place was packed. And see, everybody who was there, they were excited for every fight, erupting. And I know we've got an issue with time difference. Um, and I think that's one of the negative things about the sport because it's meant to be enjoyed as and a group of people where you can have discussions, with the you that? Oh, I'm betting this guy, I'm going this guy. That kind of stuff's what makes a sport so good. It's the same as what makes boxing, football. It's about being in amongst a group of people and all having your own opinion. We need to get more of that in the UK. Uh, and, and I know it's hard for, obviously, there's a lot of American cards, but there needs to be more European cards. And I thought we were going to see a lot more high-level European cards after the lockdown had lifted, but um, it's still kind of trickling there. But I think right now we could be onto something beautiful for the world of mixed martial arts in the UK and Europe. Final question, Paul, and I really appreciate the time. I can see you are very switched on right now, and I always notice it in you. There's a big change in you yep. about 10 days before a fight. I'm definitely talking to Bergy right now. I understand that much. <laughs> but tell me, what's the likelihood of a, of a trio of leathered victories over the next coming weeks? Um, it's, it's it's in the books. It's in the books. Chris is in some shape. As I said, I'm in some shape. And uh, Ross is just... Uh, Ross is in amongst people who are like-minded and he's got that spark back in that he loved about MMA when he first started it. He obviously fell away from the sport and stopped training as much and stopped putting in the work. But now he's around about like-minded guys. You're a product of your environment and we're going to see victories all over the, the, the leather boys and we're going to come back in in January and it's going to be something beautiful uh, to be all victorious and we're all going to celebrate Christmas wild <laughs> well I look forward to hearing all about it on the podcast always a pleasure I'm buzzing for you buzzing for the whole scene Thank you so much. can't wait to speak to you again Paul all the best much love brother well there he was Paul Craig switched on ready to go buzzing for that fight I cannot wait for it I'll be up until the early hours, Bergio, don't you worry. Along with a lot of people on these shores, I assume. I like that Morales kid too in the in the co-main event. I'm buzzing for the fight. Um, so yeah, I wanted to speak about Leon speaking about Ian saying he was thrown out of Team Renegade due to insecurities and doubts Leon had. Leon has obviously poo-pooed that. Has said they were looking to make a story out of this and, you know create that narrative between Leon and Ian. And that's how a lot of people feel about it from the jump. That's how a lot of people felt about it, especially when, you know, I, w- I was asking Renegade at the time, and I, I still not going to put any names out there, but I, I spoke to five or six people from that gym and every single one of them denied the, the claim that it was because doubts and insecurities Leon had. Obviously Leon, you know, he, he's not sticking the boot in, like this is a guy that's been called a bitch by Gary. If any of you saw that interview, the the video they put up where he meets Gilbert Burns, he's been accused of being basically intimidated or frightened by Gary. So Leon's come out and said, "Look, like this guy has a history with getting thrown out of gyms, and he has." And this is why I said when this came out, like Ian poking the bear here and, and talking about insecurities and doubts. Like even if that's true, like Leon has a lot of ammunition to come back at you with and that's what he's done here you know i think Ian has come off the worst of this exchange verbally um but obviously it does 
set up a narrative between these two guys. They just have to keep winning until then. Um, one thing Leon said is like he's been kicked out of KF, which is true. He's been kicked out of Renegade, which is true. I don't think he's been kicked out of Killcliffe. I don't think that's true. Based on what when we spoke to Luke, I don't think that's true. Based on when I spoke to Ian, I don't think that's true. But there was issues with, with Killcliffe. Do, I don't know if any of you remember, but Ian did a video with MMA on point. Not the one I did. It was like him breaking down the division or whatever when he got to the UFC. I did one before he got to the UFC. Um, and he was talking about um, Gilbert Burns turning down dinner dates with him and Layla because a psychologist had said, like, he, he shouldn't be around that energy. This is before the Shemaya fight. Like, this is a <laughs> this is a problematic trend that we're seeing with Ian Gary here, regardless of, you know, whether he was told that it was doubts and insecurities by Renegade that that saw him leave that gym. But, like, that's that's at least three different incidents in three different gyms where, okay, KF and Renegade said, I don't want you here. But Gilbert Burns, one of the premier welterweights out of Kilcliffe, at one stage was like, here, listen, I can't be around you when I'm getting ready for a fight. That's not good. And they seem to get on well. They had that awkward hug on camera and whatnot. Um, so they seem to be all good. And look, I just don't know. I said this from the get-go. This moving around thing, I don't like it. I They're making a lot of noise here. This is the noisiest camp he's ever had. And like he, he's reposting John Kavanaugh on the MMA on the MMA saying like, "Oh, I don't care what anyone says about him. His big grudges. He's winning fights. He's a great talent." That's where we're all at, mate. That's where we're all at. We all think you're tremendous. We all think you have the ability to go the whole way. But the problem is, I don't know if the public are on board. And you know, you can make a claim that you don't care about that, but I think it's. Very obvious that both him and his management team care very much about getting people behind them. He's doing lots of UK media, more UK media than he's done in Ireland as well. You know, that doesn't sit well with Irish people. <laughs> oh, oh, well. But look, I, this is the least confident I've been for an Ian Gary fight. I still think he wins, but this is the least confident I've been. And if he does lose this fight, there needs to be serious questions asked about his preparation and the organization of his camp and his quote-unquote nomadic approach. He's a favorite for a reason going in here. Like, he is the surging prospect. He is the guy that's putting these dudes away. Luke, as we talked about when he was on the show, didn't know if he was going to fight ever again last year. He had a horrific brain injury. I mean, the odds are clearly in Ian's favor, as they should be. I want to see him doing well. I think he's tremendous. I think he's a fantastic fighter. Just all this stuff. I don't know, man. Doesn't feel good. Doesn't feel good for him. Maybe I'm wrong. But uh, I still think he wins the fight. But just not as confident as all here. A lot of noise. A lot of moving around. We'll have to see what happens. Anyway, that's been the show. Thank you so much. Love is loud. See you soon. Bye.